0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack Files Studios in Studio City, California, this is Spotlight Star Wars Episode 11. We're titling this one Lords of the Sith. I thought I wasn't going to have a show this week. I had some family um, duties, which were very uh, fun and needed and good and a good time. My great aunt and uncle celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary, the Diamond Anniversary, uh, which I will never reach. That's a different podcast. This one's just about Star Wars, Ken. All right, but I didn't think I was going to get it, but there's so much going on in Star Wars. I figured... um, I should take some time and, and, and do an episode this week because there's some stuff I want to talk about. Mainly one big thing I want to talk about. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm here recording this on a Sunday in between doing my laundry. This is what I'm doing. That's right. You think I have a glamorous life, don't you out there? my supporters, who I love dearly. Uh, I I cannot tell you how much you all mean to me when you tweet me and and Facebook uh, uh, nice things about this show and the other shows I do, but you all think I have a glamorous life out here in Studio City, California, in the shadow of Universal Studios. Um, Yeah, uh, I don't have a glamorous life. I am currently washing uh, my pants. My pants are in the dryer right now, and I was like, oh, I got I got some time while the pants are spinning in that dryer. Better record a Star Wars show, and that's what we're doing here. Spotlight Star Wars episode 11, and um, there's a lot to talk about. A lot going on in the Star Wars uh, this week that I could probably get involved, get my mind involved in uh, right now. Uh, number one, this this leak. If you don't want an episode seven spoiler, uh, I don't. You know I normally don't, but this one I I had to click on. So if you don't like it, if you don't want a spoiler, stop here uh, uh, and come back. Or, or come back in about five minutes on this show, all right? Spoiler alert. Uh, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Uh, coming out December 18, 2015. It appears, according to one leak that I read very carefully, because I did not want it to lead to other links, that one of the characters being brought back is Neen Numb. That's right. My man, Neen Numb. The character who is, is one of my favorites solely because he's the punchline of one of my more popular stand-up jokes, the, one of the very few that ever worked. Um, I don't do stand-up anymore, though I'm doing a set down at Comic-Con. It's another show, another story. Um, but Neenum is back, and I cannot be more excited. Does it serve a purpose? Probably not. I was very happy to see Neenum show up in the Princess Leia comics by Marvel. And uh, he had a very key part in the formation of the Rebellion, according to this comic. Uh, he was a, a key beloved figure. That wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. And apparently I'm getting it. Neenum coming back to the Star Wars universe, apparently... According to this one leak, Uh, I don't think that's anything related to the plot. It's not something that's going to destroy the plot for me or you. Uh, Just a great fun little side note. We'll see if it's true or not. But that internet has a way of being more true than people want it to be when it comes to. Plots and spoiler leaks and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, that was going on. We got uh, the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels show was coming back for season two, as we all know. But uh, that's not until September. But this weekend, they the Siege of Lothal, the short, uh, well, I guess you could say it's a movie, uh, two episodes back to back. They put that out. And as of this recording, I have not had a chance to watch it. I have it taped, set up on the DVR. Maybe when I'm done drying my pants, I'll sit down and watch The Siege of Lothal. Uh, I am going to talk about that on Jedi Alliance, so I figured I'd save my thoughts for that. Um, That's going on E3, Battlefront, Star Wars Infinity. A lot of stuff at the E3 convention related to Star Wars. What did I say? It is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Battlefront coming out soon. I am very excited. I've heard some some negative stuff about the game, the gameplay, or this or that, or it's kind of outdated. It's just a remade version of of the games from uh, 10 years uh, plus now. Um, But I, I love that. I'm I'm on board with that. I'm not a heavy gamer, so I get if there's some other complaints about it. But uh, I I just want to sit down and play some Star Wars on a PS4 on, on a big screen TV. And I'm going to get the chance to do that. I think it looks great. It looks fun. It does look tremendously similar to Battlefront and Battlefront 2. And that's what I want it to be. I know that sometimes isn't exciting. In fact, when uh, the... James Bond Goldeneye was kind of re-released and repackaged a couple years ago. I had to buy that for my PS3. I did, and I never finished the game. I never got past a certain just couple first few levels because it didn't have the old magic. And that's just kind of the way life works sometimes. When we go back to things, it doesn't work as much as uh, we remember it as, or as it actually did. Which, by the way, is a is a warning for episode seven, right? Right? No, we still have hope. I'm still excited. The anticipation is still building inside me. Um, but Battlefront, I'm going to be all on board. We're going to talk about it on Jedi Lions soon. We're going to talk about it again on Jedi Alliance. I will probably talk about it on this. And uh, if I can get my internet working in the house a little bit better, I'm definitely going to be playing online. And maybe you and me you out there me here the knapsack file studios maybe you and me will be doing some battles on battlefront coming this fall so let's get to the meat of this show if you're just joining because you didn't want the spoilers if you're just coming back uh we're back no spoilers unless you don't want to be spoiled for lords of the sith which you haven't read because that's what we're going to be talking about now is the Star Wars book, Lords of the Sith, by New York Times bestselling author Paul S. Kemp, who has a lot of experience writing Star Wars books before. Um, But I I was not familiar with him before. I hadn't uh, read a lot of his stuff, but he wrote in 2010, Cross Current. Uh, 2011, he wrote The Old Republic, The Third Lesson and The Old Republic Deceived. The uh, third lesson was a short story. He wrote the Star Wars short story, A Fair Trade, and uh, he uh, wrote a book called Riptide, uh, which is a Star Wars novel as well, and uh, now Lords of the Sith. So I, I got to tell you, he is uh, hes great at writing Star Wars. I might take a peek at his other stuff that I haven't had a chance to read. I'll start that right now. Paul S. Kemp, you, sir have jumped into the number 1 seat of my favorite Star Wars authors which is is saying a lot because James Luceno is still out there and James Luceno is 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 probably in that seat with you you're sharing the seat Mr. Kemp you're on the you're on the seat with Lucino and you're piloting the Star Wars novels in my head uh, both so well uh, I love Luceno obviously love the book Darth Plagueis and um, and I loved Tarkin Tarkin was good but at the end of the day, I put Tarkin at about a B plus, a solid B plus. I will add. I mean, a minus could be it. If, if if the book had a little bit more action. Um I might have put it in the A-minus category, but Lucino knows what he's doing. There's some great stuff, some great layering, and I love uh, expanding the talking character. We had talked about it on the show before. Uh, there was no misfires. It just uh, didn't capture me as much as as other books have. I struggled with New Dawn. I say that very respectfully. I, I'm not just trying to be an online critic of someone else's work. New Dawn just didn't work for me as much of uh, as other Star Wars stories have. However and This is where I really have clarified things with with people who think I I hate the book New Dawn. That's not a that's not 100 true, because it introduced Kanan in a great way. And Kanan, the Jedi, is 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 definitely as he portrayed by Freddie Prinze Jr. on Rebels, one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Easily, it it is already up there and possibly in a top ten as the character expands. I love the comic book series Kanan: The Last Padawan that Marvel has. And New Dawn. If I ever sit down and read New Dawn again, and maybe give it that second chance it it might deserve, it will be simply because I want to read the Kanan stuff again. It's an interesting character, a Jedi, a Padawan more more accurately, who had a hide, survived Order sixty six, and then. Um, Go, goes on to kind of have to hide his Jedi training or his Jedi persona, take on a different name. He goes from Caleb Doom to Kanan C- Jarrus, and, and that's what the comic book is kind of covering, that, that that journey. And he ends up, and he's kind of at the forefront of the uh, burgeoning rebellion and in... in He's a character who who maybe uh, he drank, he had little, little women in his life, he kind of, not sure, kind of like Aragorn uh, for me a little bit, Just uh, he was he was the ranger, he hasn't put aside the ranger yet, or was it uh, in Rebels he does, or needs to. Kanan is a great complex character in the Star Wars universe, and New Dawn does a great job with that. Uh, the rest of the book, I, I just didn't like it as much, and guess what? That's my right as a consumer, just as some of you probably don't like my mouth when it talks into microphones and the things that come out of it. That's okay. Uh, except for you trolls who continue to attack me on Jedi Alliance. Uh, you know who you are, and you probably hate listening now. Thank you for the listen. Let's get to Lords of the Sith. I'm sidetracking myself here as my laundry spins in the dryer. Lords of the Sith, Paul S. Kemp. Um, for some reason, when, when when news of this one came out, and I think its Celebration was when I really... I'd heard about it, and, and celebration came out, and uh, at celebrations they had this book there, the cover and everything, and uh, the cover's great. I'm gonna say that right before I say something kind of negative, the cover's great. It's got the Emperor, it's got Vader, the lightsabers out, it's some good artwork. You gotta, you gotta, add a Walker in the background. You got some Imperial, the starter stories, so You got, you got a fight going on. It looks good, it looks good. But I looked at it and I went, eh, I don't know. Yeah, did a little side adventure for the Emperor. And, and and Vader that that seems like it seems like old expanded universe stuff the stuff that we no longer consider canon just these these little side missions or adventures that these guys are going on it just it doesn't factor into the Star Wars story for me so i i knew i was going to read it um but it was not high on my list, so I'm a little bit behind. Other people, most notably our good friend Christian Harloff over at No and Jedi Council, he read this right away. I think he had it read read that weekend. He had an advanced copy or something cool like that. Um, then I found out a little bit more of the story, and this is the point where we, um, you know, if you don't want to get spoiled, you still want to read the book, stop. Don't listen to this anymore. Go buy the book. Read it. Um, this involves, um, involves a planet Ryloth, And it is a planet crucial to the growing empire as a source of slave labor and the narcotic known as spice. And uh, it is led by the planet. uh, There's a kind of a little rebellion growing led by, by Cham Syndulla. Who's that character? Well, he appeared in the Clone Wars cartoon. And uh, he's joined by a character named Izval, another uh, a, a Twi'lek, who's a vengeful former slave. And there's a little bit of a implied sex trade on the planet of Ryloth. There's some darkness in the Star Wars universe, make no doubt about it. And Syndulla... If that name sounds kind of familiar to you in the Star Wars universe, maybe you're not in deep into the Star Wars universe as I am. Uh, if you've been watching Star Wars Rebels, that name Indula, it's attached to the first name Hera. That's right, Hera. Another great new addition to the Star Wars universe. Uh, in, in Rebels, this is her father. And technically, Hera appeared in the Clone Wars cartoon as a little baby with uh, uh, Cham. Cham, is that how we're saying it? Or is it Camp? Camp? I'm going Cham. Cham, and that was uh, of... of, I love the Clone Wars cartoon, but there's so many, there's so many seasons that some of the episodes I don't remember, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Clone Wars cartoon and um you know if you throw throw something at me i'll be like ah, i think i kind of remember that but the ri lost stuff there, there was a good episode few episode arc um i remember it. i remember well and it was good it was very uh, good late into the clone wars series I, I believe but see again i don't even remember that check my check my facts on that someone else but uh, uh a great character and now that you attach him to hera i get it now you now you're you're expanding the universe in a very good connective thread and rebels means a little bit more to me again i was a bit cynical at the first season of rebels uh, until towards the end when they started kind of molding the show from just a little crazy uh, kid precocious teen named ezra to now it's more about the star of the rebellion so uh, that started to intrigue me that you're involving ryloth and sundula which is ties to Hera and also ties to the clone wars and then Then you got, all right, you got, then uh, you got the Emperor, you got Vader, and they're going to go on a mission. And then, you know, and I hear, then I hear that the plot point is uh, that the Emperor and Vader crash. They're stuck on the planet of Ryloth. And now they've got to get out. They've got to save themselves. Or is it just a test for Vader? What's going on? The Emperor has foreseen it. So, you know, you'd think he'd seen, see this happening. So once I got a hold of it, it was like, hey, right, let's do it. Let me dive on in. And I got to tell you, this is right now, there's more to come, but this is right now my favorite of the new canon books. Paul S. Kemp, if he happens to be listening now, we, I think he's favorite of one, of one or two of my tweets, um, where I, I I said Paul S. Kemp writes so well for Vader, I'm convinced he's Sith himself. Uh, Kemp, if you're listening, this is a spectacular, spectacular book. You have done a great job. And without trying to get too much into the plot, for those out there listening who may not have read the book, um, and you're still listening, I'll try not to spoil it as much, but I'll just say what works for me. This reads like a movie Treatment, and I mean that in a great way. This, this, when you're reading, particularly the action sequences that start this book and that, that appear all the way through it, some space battles, and there's a there's a mission going on, and kind of a, a secret mission that's happening. Um, th- this to me, um, like holy moly, it reads like I'm I'm re- reading something that. An, uh, a screenwriter put together for for a, a film for for directors and and art directors and storyboard artists to look at and go, all right, that's our story. Uh, Paul Paulus Kemp did a great job with that. I, there's there's tension in his writing, the action because there's this this plan, the re- Sentulus little rebellion team here. Uh, they got this plan they're putting into place, and and when it starts going off, and the plan's happening. Like you, to me, like I, I was I was watching it while I was reading. That's that's the best compliment I can give an author in this type of genre. This did not come off as a book where some of the other ones, uh, not just recent n- new canon Star Wars stuff, but some of the other Star Wars books, um, it, it lacks some of that pop. Where you got the movies, and then you got these these dense books, and the action sequences never seemed to me to be on par with the movies. They're not cinematic. And that is what the core of this book is. It comes off as very cinematic. So this side mission, this quote-unquote side mission that I prejudged of Vader and the Emperor on a planet uh, doing something by themselves, that v- disappeared very quick from my mind. This to me has the core of Star Wars, Star Wars's main story in it, which is the rebellion against the Empire. One of the struggles in the other Star Wars stories, and anything new that's coming forward, including Episode Seven, is you don't have that core struggle. The Empire, the big galactic empire, the faceless evil that rules the galaxy versus those lovable, root-for-them-all, ragtag rebels. Some of the other stuff lacks that. New Dawn might have been too early in the process, and no fault by anyone involved in that book. Um, the rebellion really hadn't kind of come yet, and this—that was about the New Dawn, and and so that that might have been part of the struggle. And some of the other stuff in the expanded universe that I that I never gravitated to and never never liked, was because uh, you know we don't have that big evil, we don't have the big bad, we just got maybe some other stories or the Emperor's coming back and he's cloned and all that kind of stuff. Not that it wasn't cool or wasn't entertaining on some level i get it if you love it but to me the that core of what made star wars so easy to root for was um was that core fight and this has it because this has the 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 rebellion that you and i know the one that we learned about in 1977 hasn't truly formed yet but Cindula's People, his twilight forces, his little rebellion on his planet, which isn't formed to take down the empire. It's formed to save his planet and get freedom for his planet from the oppressive rule of the empire. That's that's. It's a smaller rebellion, but it is as you as you read and you pick up. It's it's going to be the core of the rebellion that we know. Or we we've come to know. So it introduces that notion. It introduces some intriguing. Characters, um, a character by the name of Belcor Dre, who is a, an Imperial who may be working against some of his own Imperials, um, and his boss, so to speak, Moff uh, Moores, who is a uh, female, uh, Delian Ma- Moores, and uh, is actually the first. Uh, lesbian character in Star Wars Canon she at one point they mentioned her uh, the loss of her wife and how it affected her and uh that 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 in itself is an intriguing character and the character starts to kind of at the beginning of this of this book I didn't really uh I bought into this moth character as kind of uh the bad one of the bad people or kind of an example of the uh the bad side of the of the Empire not that there's a good side in terms of storytelling, where you kind of sympathize with this Belcour Dre. Like, I kind of liked this guy at the beginning. He was like, he kind of maybe one of the good guys, an emerging good guy. Uh, And by the end of it, not going to get into it, by the end of it, I had switched roles. And his path doesn't doesn't go the way you think it is. And her path carries a little bit of redemption for me, which is weird because... She's an Imperial Grand moth, or, or moth. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess up the ranks. She's just a Moff. Um, there's that. Um, there's some use, good, interesting use, of the Royal Guard, which, you know, me, is, is one of my favorite things, my favorite characters, my favorite figures, my favorite uh, look is uh, the Emperor's Royal Guardsman. And because the Emperor's involved in this one, there's some guardsmen. And there's some interesting things about... Who those guys are under the mask and what they are required to do and what they can do and what they're capable of doing and what they are willing to do. There's some great stuff with the Royal Guards that, that quite frankly, I haven't gotten. I know there's a lot of other stuff out there, Shadows of the Empire stuff, some of that comic stuff that contain uh some emperor's royal guard stuff but i never i didn't get into it because again um my problems with the expanded universe uh in the 90s and growing up a star wars fan i just didn't get into a lot of it at one point i stopped but um they really 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 do a great job uh they mean paul s kemp and the, and the story lucasfilm story team do a great job kind of giving you some moments with these characters. Um, that, you're, that you normally wouldn't get, I think, if this had just been set with the Emperor in the throne room uh, and Vader coming to talk to him. This is the Emperor in action and not Palpatine in action, not Shiv in action. Um, it is the Emperor in action, and, and it raises a a thing you don't think about much, is even after he turned and became the Emperor, Palpatine kind of still had to hide who he was. And there's a lot of that in there where he does some pretty powerful things as the Sith Lord that he is. And uh, he still has to be like, ah, Vader, you take over. There's some people around. There's too many people, too many witnesses. I, I got to still be the old frail frail emperor. Um, so this is great moments with that. Uh, and then it gets exciting. There's uh, there's some stuff on Ryloth, some creatures, lilacs. Um, these like insect, large super insect type of characters that... Uh, um, I, I, I can't even begin to describe it. It, it is a, it is Vader and Emperor and the Emperor versus insects. And it is awesome. And it, again, reads like a movie. And my heart was uh, actually palp... Palp... Palpatining? <laughs> my heart was actually pumping um, during this these scenes. And you find yourself rooting for the Emperor and Vader to get out of this tough situation. It's really cool. It's something you would kind of... Don't think about because Vader, I mean, he's one of my favorite characters. He's a lot of people's character. He is a cult character because he's so bad. He was good. You rooted for him in a way, and you loved him. The Emperor's kind of cool. Emperor's one of my favorite characters to quote. I don't do the best Emperor impression, but I will do it consistently. Uh, I, I love it. But really, you never really stop and root for these characters in the actual story. In a weird way, you're rooting against him. Well, you, you want Luke to kind of get out of that situation when the Emperor is shooting lightning bolts into his teeth in return of the Jedi. But I, I don't know if you root for him, and until Vader turns and grabs his boss and throws him down the chamber, you're not really rooting for him as the big, bad Darth Vader and the big, bad Emperor Palpatine, Emperor Shiv Palpatine. but in Lords of the Sith, particularly in this sequence with these insect creatures native to the planet Ryloth chasing down Emperor and Vader, you're rooting for them. You're like, yeah, do it. Use the force. Use that lightsaber. The royal guards are in action. It is a spectacular sequence. I never thought I'd say that the sequence that made me actively root for Vader and the Emperor inside the story would be or would involve supersized insects. But it's there, and it works. And there's some great, great stuff about um, about the rebellion, about about Sindula and and, Isval, and and what they're doing it for, and how much of it is vengeance, and how much motivates them for vengeance, and how much they're doing it for freedom, and and and, and the concept that go and it goes through Sindula's mind from beginning to end is, we're not terrorists, we're freedom fighters which is very, very, very pertinent for this day and age. Uh, that word terrorist is very, 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 very much in our forefront all the time. And so it touches upon points of view and perception and perspectives. doesn't mean, I'm going to clarify, it doesn't mean that I believe terrorists are right. I'm just saying it makes you think. It's like that season, the third season of Battlestar Galactica, for those who have watched it, it flips things around and it makes you think, well, who, who are the insurgents and who's who's the good guys? Who's the bad guys? It I like things that kind of stop and make you think for a second. And there's some moments with the rebellion side of things here where you're like, well, are they? Yeah, they're the good guys. They're definitely the good, good guys. But as you learn more about this Moff and you learn more about this Colonel Belcord you're like, well, but okay, no, I'm still on the freedom fighter train here with the re, the rebellion, but at the same time, They might be who they are. They're they're killing guys who just showed up to work as stormtroopers. And I've said this before in other shows, on Jedi Alliance and other things. You know, the the rebels were kind of the bad guys from a certain point of view. We don't get to explore that other point of view. And uh, this book kind of dives into it a little bit. It still paints the rebellion, as it should, as the good guys. But there's some moments there where you're like, well, why are they doing it? Are they freedom fighters? We're freedom fighters, not dot, 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 dot. You fill in the rest. And there's some great moments there. And again, there's some darkness. This there's some, there's some dark things here towards the end. I I I don't want to say for those who haven't read and are still listening, read this book. But here is the main event as I wrap up this week's episode. I could go on and on and on about this book. I, I enjoyed it so much. But what I really loved is that the center of this story is Darth Vader who is still in his heart what's left of it Anakin Skywalker doesn't mean the good is still in him as as Luke uh, believed but maybe that's true but we as star wars fans and follow me along maybe i'm wrong maybe this is just me but as star wars fans we tend to separate Anakin Skywalker what we have come to know of him whether you liked it or not the prequels or the clone wars or some of those other stories We separate him, that guy, Anakin Skywalker, from that guy we kind of knew and loved in the late 70s and early 80s and beyond, Darth Vader. We see them as two separate people. In a way, they're two separate characters, totally. I get that. I've never had a problem accepting that. But I always seem to separate them as if Darth Vader is not Anakin Skywalker. I know he is in Star Wars canon. I grasp that, but... In in New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, you look at that guy and you don't think he was the guy you saw and learned about in the prequels and some of the other stories, Uh, which means to me that character Vader had no memory or no thoughts or no connection to the things of his past. Now, again... If you want to get into whether or not the prequels are good, this isn't that discussion. But there was stuff established, stuff done. He had a lady friend. He married her. He had two kids he didn't know about. She died. He had that sadness. He goes on to get this Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, who he forms a, a bond with. Called her Sn- Snips, and and uh, she she grew into one of my favorite characters, but one of the galaxy's favorite characters. And that was Emperor's. Uh, that was uh, Vader's Padawan, and and come new hope does that guy in new hope wearing the cape and the cowl and the mask does that character have any connection or memory to ahsoka in terms of story canon of course we know at that time lucas did not know that there was going to be a character named ahsoka tano i'm not talking about that in terms of story canon i always separate it and there's some stuff uh lucido's uh, book um of the uh, the the Vader one right after uh, Revenge of the Sith and the title is of course escaping my mind right now. So professional, um, uh, Labyrinth of the Labyrinth of Evil. Oh, that's the one before. I'm gonna stop. But there's that one that Musino wrote right after Revenge of the Sith, and it really it's not canon now, of course, but it gets into Vader's head a little bit about the transition from Anakin to Vader. So with that not being canon, that 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 book uh, did help me a little bit. But but this one, Lords of the Sith directly, it's, it doesn't hold any punches, it's not cute and subtle, it directly deals with the past. Darth Vader is absolutely Anakin Skywalker, in the middle of transition, uh, middle of accepting what he has become, in the middle, middle of letting go or having to let go of the past, and what that means, and does he want to, does he need to, can he? And this story, at its core, is about that. In this story, Darth Vader is a monster. He does some, some things that are dark, that are evil. In this story, Darth Vader does some things that are cool, that are impressive, most impressive. In this story, Darth Vader is Darth Vader. It's a Darth Vader perhaps we wanted to see in Revenge of the Sith after the turn. One of the big complaints of the prequels was it took too long for Anakin to become Vader and then when he did it happened so quick and then we didn't get time to spend with the guy we knew, Darth Vader. Mask or not, we wanted to see that guy. We didn't get to see that. Well, this book, you get to see the monster that is Darth Vader. You get to see the super space pilot, the military commander. The you get to see the guy who was in the clone wars, which why I love the clone wars so much is it gave me the Anakin I wanted to see in Attack of the Clones, the one who was worthy of the fall, meaning Emperor turning Anakin meant something to the emperor's cause because of how great he was. And in Attack of the Clones I don't know if you get to see that as much as we wanted. Again, this isn't a prequel bash, it's just just talking about Star Wars canon. But in this book, I gotta tell you, Paul S. Kemp captures Darth Vader so well. He writes for him well. He writes well for the Emperor too, but he writes really, really well for Vader. The lines delivered in this one seem like lines Darth Vader would actually say, and vo- as voiced by James Earl Jones. In the comic book series, Vader, um, there's some great moments. They are oh, great moments where it's like, oh, that's the voice of Vader. That's the the they've got his who that character is down. Or there's other ones. I'm like, I don't know if Vader would say that. I don't know if his sentence structure would be that. I don't know. Not that it's bad. It's just some moments where I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know. But this one all the way through, from beginning to end, Paul S. Kemp writes Darth Vader like I believe Darth Vader would be. In all these situations, the quiet times and the fights and the battles and the moments where he's trying to figure things out, the moments when he's thinking to himself. And there is direct references to the Clone Wars, to the prequels, and it is done not with a wink and a nod. The first one that really popped up, I went, ah, oh, oh, that's kind of cute. That's, that's cool. Ah, oh, they're referencing that, but I, I wasn't. My brain wasn't getting what was what was happening. Um, I was just kind of still reading this as the story, taking it on the surface a little bit too much. Once you, once I start, ah, here's what they're doing. Here's what Kemp is digging into. Then I really, really clued in, and everything Vader goes through in this book is about that transition from little Annie, from Tatooine, to Anakin, to Vader. It's all there. It's all in here. And it's really, really exciting stuff. It, it is deeper than you would think it would be. And as a Star Wars fan who is sometimes wary of all this new canon... Not that I don't love it. As I keep saying, it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. But sometimes I'm wary of the canon exploding again, man. We have so many books. I just started reading Dark Disciple. And you know what? I'm five chapters in, and it's great. But it's another one. An Heir to the Jedi came out, and a lot of people didn't like that. I haven't even had a chance to read it yet. And there's Aftermath is coming, and the comics, and the new Lando comic is coming. I can't wait for it, but now it's like five comics i got to get every month that are Star Wars. And then the, that damn sticker book is still coming out. When is that canon sticker book? coming out i don't know and then we got rebels and then we get all this and this and then you got to get battlefront and you got to order it pre-order it so you can get the battle of jakku and understand why that star destroyer uh, that you see in episode seven's trailer why that's there you got and the canon becomes so much I, I sometimes get wary of it as exciting as it is a star wars fan and then some of the some of them were not up to my expectations and we talked about expectations and the problems with new we've talked about it here we've talked about it on jedi alliance now but I gotta tell you, man, Lords of the Sith is the best so far because it just doesn't tell a new story and add it into canon. It delves into what we already know and it answers or at least addresses questions we as fans have had over 40 years. Does it answer them all? No. He even kind of proposes some new questions to me. But it gives captures the essence of one of the greatest and most iconic characters of all time, Darth Vader, and it adds, here in 2015, it adds a layer to a character first burst on the scene in 1977. And that, to me, provides a little bit of hope, a little bit more hope, I should say, for the things that are coming out next And the things that still will be coming out, the new canon. This includes the anthology films. This includes episodes seven, eight, and nine. This includes all of that. If they, being Lucasfilm, Disney, the story group, and authors like Paul S. Kemp can continue to tap into this Star Wars universe in this entertaining and deep way, give me those questions, give me those answers, give me those thoughts fill in the blanks of the Star Wars universe, then we have got a lot of great more things left to come. And it makes me excited. And it should make you excited as a Star Wars fan. The little sound of R2-D2 you just may have heard in the background is my alarm telling me that my pants are done drying. So we are wrapping up this episode of Spotlight Star Wars. Please do me, a favor: subscribe. Rate and review on iTunes. Subscribe to the Knapsack Files podcast feed. So many shows on that. And don't forget to watch Jedi Alliance and the Popcorn Talk Network and subscribe to that on iTunes as well. And follow my adventures over the Schmoes No Crew. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ken Knapsack and tweet me, tell me, hashtag it, Spotlight Star Wars. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about Star Wars. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan, and with people like Paul S. Kemp writing great books like Lords of the Sith, we are gonna be okay. I'll see you next time. As always, may that Force thing kind of remain in the area around you.